December 23, 2020. It's a lot for Pedro's show. <laughs>
Alfred Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. Brother Matt in the Love Grotto, a couple of miles south on the Pleasure Point because we're still in quarantine mode. But I am not man alone, people, because those genius software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention, I got Brother Rat Bastard with me. From That's Flo- me. Florida, right? Miami? Miami Beach. Yeah, Miami Beach. Big difference. That's right. Three blocks from the ocean, man. Well, there's also causeways, right? That's what I was yeah, told. Yeah, it's all causeways to <laughs> if, get over here. If, if, if things get rough, they just lift up the... Yeah. <laughs> no, these don't lift up. Oh, oh, okay. They built them super high so the boats could go under them. Right, right, okay. We do have one bridge that lifts, but uh, almost no one takes I that. I thought it was like some kind of like moat. Like castle protection. Yeah, man, they can, they can, uh, they just do. Uh, Rat, the place uh, I remember. Roadblocks. The place I, re- yeah, yeah, that too. The, what I remember about Miami Beach playing was a pad called Flynn's. Right, Flynn's, and you play Washington Square too. Yeah, 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 but yeah, which was kind of in the town, but but Flynn's was right yeah. on the fucking beach. Yeah, it was right on the ocean. And oh, so you go back that far. In fact, I think oh, it yeah. was it was two nights, and we played with a band called yeah. Gay. They were kind of like the Descendants, but they were called Gay Cowboys in Bondage. In Bondage, yes. <laughs> Good friends of mine. I, I should tell. Wow, they're still around. Good. Good. Well, Good. They were always. They were very well, I don't kind. Know if they're still around as a band, but those guys are still around. Yeah, yeah. The, the cats. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Man, it was sweaty too because this was a, like a July or an August gig. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mother. Yeah. You just jump. In, you just run out the back door and jump in the ocean. Yeah, but it's still even doing that was sweaty ass. <laughs> it was like the air was right in front of you and not wanting to get in your lung, like taunting you. No. Okay, I got to yeah. tell people we start off the show with John Coltrane doing "I'm Old Fashioned," and then live. The Laundry Room Squelchers with Columbus, September 9th, 2001. Yeah. Rat. Yes. Please give me your earliest musical recollection. Of, uh, what do you mean, uh, of when I heard music or, you know. A memory, that has, a memory that has something to do with music that goes way back. Like the, uh, or in the back of my parents' car, you know, or maybe a Buick or something like that. And yeah, you had yeah. uh, 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 Dylan's, uh, you know, Like a Rolling Stone came on and the winds. You know, they didn't have, uh, they had the windows open all the time. It was right, in right. New York. So uh, you got that, you know, that song with the wind mixed and got me all energized with sound, you know. People don't realize upstate New York in the summer is a sweaty motherfucker, too. Yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's cold in the winter. Yeah, yeah, it's cold in the winter. But, man, the yeah. summer's there. They can, there may be only a month of it, but it's a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. I lived in, because uh, my pop got, he was a machinist mate, and he had some nuclear training by Schenectady. Yeah, I was up uh, in the Catskills. Okay, Boston Spa was the name of the little town, and GE had a plant there. I just yeah. remember... It's sweaty as fuck in summer. Oh, yeah. But there was yeah, only like one month of each, and then it was nine months of winter, yeah. So yeah. Uh, in the pad you grew up, Rat, was there musical Where instruments? Where I grew up? Yeah. In the pad? In, in my parents' house? Yeah. The apartment? Yeah. And I had my cousins were, you know, New York. Uh, I, mean, I grew up, you know, I was, I was small, and then I grew up in basically New York City. So all my cousins had instruments. They were older. They had guitars, and they used to play in bedrooms and stuff, and in the basements downstairs, as bands and stuff. I grew up with that that basement, that cellar uh, underground scene in New York, in the in the cellars. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and what about what about school? Were you in the choir, the marching band, shit like that? Uh, I wasn't a choir, and then my mother tried to get the nuns to try to, sh- to teach me how to play, uh, 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 like a, um, uh, like what do you call those, uh, uh, like an organ, you know. And uh, I was like, and it was at the church organ. I was like, what, you know? And I, I was just too intimidated by that, so I went and got a guitar. I think okay. I made a guitar. 
to join in with your cousins. What was the first? Yeah. Rat, what was the first record you bought with your own money? The first, uh, the Turtles. Uh, Happy was Together? A, uh, was a big hit. Yeah. Okay. I bought that underneath the bridge, uh, Manhattan Bridge, in, uh, the Williamsburg Bridge in, in downtown uh, Manhattan. There was a record store down there, and I would still walk over there and buy. I would buy a single, and they would come out, and that was the first one I bought that I bought myself. Right, I've, I've had records before that that were given to me. No, you know, but, but when you spend your own money, you know, when your kid you ain't got a lot, that's why I asked that. Yeah, well, I got tired of Beatles, so I just went and bought <laughs> Turtles. Flo and Eddie, <laughs> Howard Bowman, Mark Caleb. Yeah. What, what, what about yeah. the first gig? What was the first gig you went and saw, Rat? Uh, okay, I was probably around eight. I saw the animals in uh, in uh, Central Park. Wow. Wow! Yeah, every bird in the app. Yeah, great band, Chas Channel. That was I was like eight. My cousins again. My cousins like you know they totally uh, you know contaminated me with you know rock and music. You know, all <laughs> that, of them. Were, that's okay. So man. I got lucky. You know I got lucky. They would drag me along. My first show would have been the Beatles, but my mother was told she was taking me to see the Beatles at Shea Stadium. She said, "Don't bring that goddamn kid there, man. He'll get killed. All those crazy women and shit. What are you nuts?" So she didn't take me. <laughs> So I could have saw the Beatles, but you now, know. now you tell maybe me that's why I'm alive today. I would have been stomped. Yeah, on. that's right by girls. <laughs> yeah, they were yelling at me, "Don't take that kid!" So that that blew my Beatles. Uh, you know, I thought it been my first show. Okay, but it was Animals. That's a that's a good animals, band, yeah, though, man. A, that's know, a good second, fucking band. Shot there. A lot of good oh, yeah. songs out of those cats, and then oh, Jazz yeah. went on to bring Jimmy. Over to England. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, thank God for animals. And Eric Burton is still kicking up dust. Oh, yeah. I, I ran into him. Uh, it was in South by Southwest about four or five years ago with, and with Thurston. We were running around. And Thurston brought records so he could sign them. <laughs> of course. Of He's course. a real fan, you know. But I told him, I told him, I said, dude, you're my first concert. He's like, what? I go, yeah. And I told him, he goes, holy shit. He couldn't believe it. Yeah, you know, he ended up playing with some SoCal guys called War. Yeah. Yeah, and he seemed to have some California guys there on the, yeah. in the band that one we saw. I think, yeah, I think he does. I, th I think he he's actually lives kind of oh, maybe in the desert, maybe Palm Springs. Yeah, he, yeah, I'm sure he lives over there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but he's a Geordie, right? Uh, that they call that people from Newcastle. Yeah, right. The brown. But beard. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, he seemed like really, uh, you know, happy and, and really, you know, uh, you know, really excited playing and stuff. So That's good because good. some. Uh, that Toronto's get a little bitter and shit, and uh, because there wasn't a lot of justice, a lot of people got cheated and shit. Now yeah. your cousins with the cellar scene. So you, did you start playing in bands like when you were in the high school? Well, and shit? I used to go and sit down and watch them play as bands, but I would just play by myself and then uh, you know and practice in my own my room because I was still small and I was still sure. didn't know shit. So when I when we moved down to Florida in the seventies, uh, that's when I started. You know. Uh, getting a, I got a little uh, recorder, you know, the little, uh, those little, the little square recorders when you push the buttons down. Sure, sure, cassette. So I got that with a microphone and started recording music and weirdo stuff. Not just music, but just even talking, you know, just crazy shit, you know, just made up creative stuff on tape. I would make uh, uh, mixed tapes off the radio, like, you know, I had it rigged so whenever they play on the radio, I'd copy the song so I can hear it over and over, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, there was a guy in New York City that would just take people off the street and shit, right? Yeah. I can't remember his name right so, now, but it ended yeah. up being a big kind of like cultural trip. So Yeah, and then, 
Yeah, and then we graduated to like two. Then me and my friend got together. He was learning piano. He's a piano player, and I was on guitar and bass. And then we would record with two cassette players. The only problem is we would bump, bounce back and forth. We only had two cassette players. The problem is one cassette player ran about a half a half a uh, uh, key faster than the other. So we had to learn. We that's how we learned music. We had to change our keys every time we did a bump. We had to change. We right, because key. we got to explain so to the listeners. Right, we got to explain to the listeners when the speed changes of the tape, the pitch right. changes, people. Right. So every time he went another generation to put on another yeah. level of music, right, it would we change. Play a different yeah. key. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's but how you, you know, learn music. Real yeah, forward, right. You know? That you know what? That, that was good. I guess. You know. That's called learning by doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's bitching. I want to play uh, the Zoning Man. There you go. That's with King Felix.
psychedelic pads on cool blue Amazons. They float on black digital airways. Man and rhythmic is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely no bongos. are unknown, incomplete, forgetful of any zeitgeist riches. Krupas, moons, stars, no they don't play the drums anymore. They sit their screensavers staring staring at their screensavers staring staring
I'll do my artist things. Fucking hell, this is recording my, me saying all this stupid shit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fuck's sake. Go on. Everyone must spend some time being bad. After 49 years, God knows you've earned it. Choose the car you've always wanted to steal and let me smash the window. Outside the pubs, men grind together as regularly as teeth in the jaws of one who's always hungry. We ride past figures who spray their lovers against walls like graffiti. Tag the city with names they want the night to know. Past those that vomit their truths into drain pipes. Mouths as open as goalposts, shooting for home. This isn't what I wanted to show you. But understand, we grow differently down here in the cracks. Are always waiting to be weeded out or burnt by daylight. Leave our legacies on newspaper headlines. A far more interesting dead. I've learnt to pray by pressing my foot down on the accelerator and holding my breath. I know I should spend a lifetime repenting for my sins, flog myself daily to make up for the people I have borderlined with tyre marks. But you, my sweet, there's nothing left for you to do. I can't see anything changing St Peter's mind. If you, a passenger of sin, were to lean back, put your feet on the dashboards, close your eyes and whisper, Dear God, I'm coming. Thank you.
Rock for Pedro show. So no, that chunk of music have off that, with. It's uh, gonna be live. Yeah, you know it. Rap bastard with King Felix doing the zoning man. How'd you meet King Felix? Felix. Uh, I met him in. Uh, I had a little space in uh, North Miami called the uh, Banal Club, and he showed up with Slap one night, and we were sitting there talking and uh, about you know noise, weirdo stuff, electronics and stuff. So we kind of got together, and uh, a few years later we we did this. These, this this type of stuff where we would do guitar, I do guitar vocals, but I had this weird vocal, I, I, weird vocal style that I was applying to, and he was running these. Uh, these are he, these were not. This wasn't MIDI. He would run this stuff live, this electronic. And I would oh, just play wow. over it. So most of the stuff was live, except for uh, maybe the vocal was overdubbed. Okay, then we had Ig. Ig's got a new song about the. Uh, it's called Dirty Little Virus. The guy by voices, Bob Pollard. He's got. Another new album. <laughs> yeah, not... <laughs> I know. I'm waiting for the vinyl to come out. The vinyl got delayed. But, but, but I have, yeah, know, that's for the vinyl. It's all over, Rat. Uh, problems like right. that because you know the situation. Yeah. But yeah. what is not delayed is Bob Pollard's writing. This guy is so prolific. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I mean, I've I've met him like in the late mid late eighties, you know, and we were at uh, we had a. Uh, uh, he was playing in a basement in uh, in New York, in, in uh, and uh, maybe would hold fifty people or sixty people were down there. And what he did was like all these music industry guys went down there to try to see this band. And what they did is they killed all the highs off the PA purposely, so you could hear everything muffly, like. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I was laughing so hard you couldn't hear it. It oh, was just man. all muffled, man. He did it purposely. It was all great. right, Bob. Well, this tune is is called "They Don't Play the Drums Anymore." Yeah. His name is Alive, brand new. Sun reflection. Joyriding with Dennis Skinner from Sophie Farum and Christopher Gregory. The Leyden Jards, brand new. Gillette Circle. Agnes Steck yeah. out of Austin with Posh Dumpster. Barry Burko Band with Droges. Sorry. Uh, everybody had it with you from the last, from the album that never came out 30, 40 years ago, but now it is. And finally, mm. Dengon with It's Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, what's Dengon, Rat? It was uh, uh, it was my first, like, uh, like it was my first band, but it was my first, like, band that actually we, we went and recorded music. We practiced. We played gigs. Uh, the bass player was Morris Cowling. Remember Morris Cowling? Sure. Pat Travers band? Oh, yeah. Well, he was in there because he was he loved fishing and he had moved to Miami. So he jumped in the band and had these high schoolers on, on uh, guitar and drums. And uh, they were really good. They, they, did a, they came out of a rock ensemble, so they knew what the hell they were doing. Wow. I was the only one that didn't know what I was doing, Sure, was good. But, 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 so, Rad, uh, but, Rad, if this is your second band, what was your first band? Uh, Myron and Two Lots. Now, how'd that happen? Uh, Myron and the Two Watch was from high school. The same guys, you know, that played with the, the, with the cassette machines. The drums. Okay, okay. It was a high school band from 1974. We were play. We would play in the, my backyard, and then uh, uh, then we would play parties. You know, all through high school, we were a party uh, house party band, and then we started playing in bars. That's when we really got in trouble. What, what about what about the material? Were you guys covering songs or writing your own? Yeah, we were we were doing both. We were covering songs and changing all the lyrics. 
so we were they were all like really perverted or really sick of the lyrics and then the, and then we would write songs under the same under the same idea but we would write original songs well all our original songs were like odd meters and really stupid like really dumb stuff okay you know, like we really we really were just just testing people, I guess. I guess. <laughs> but 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 you, you, you're saying Dengon was where? Where'd that name come from, Dengon? It's it. it I was in Japan. It means like uh, it means like uh, it's a Japanese word. And oh. means like I don't know something. I don't know. I remember what it meant. Dengon. Okay. Yeah, you can look it up in Japanese. Okay. 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 So you you want a little foreign flavor? Yeah, I just you know, I just was I'm always got a twist on something. I can never just throw throw it straight. And, and, and how did you run into the Pat Travers basement? <laughs> well, he lives in he lived in Miami. Yeah, but that doesn't I, mean you're going to run I, into you know, him. He would, he would hang out and uh, uh, you know uh, Flynn's and I'd see him around and oh, right. you know and he kind of just was interested in in playing with us. Sure, know? sure. That was very uh, fucking cool. Yeah, he's a amazing bass player. Yeah, like, yeah. What the hell? He was like so technically great. I was like, what the hell are we doing with him? <laughs> what, what is he doing with you? <laughs> he lasted. He was actually when I killed the band, he was mad. He was like, oh man, I go, dude. I said I don't want to play the same songs over and over. And I killed it in six months. I couldn't take it no more. I can't play. I can't play the same songs over and over. I'm sorry, I just can't do that. Yeah, but you know what? You know? That, that's the scene he was from. Yeah, he didn't understand. He was so mad at me. He goes, I said, no, so what? Who cares how great the songs are? I don't want to play them over and over. I just want to do that. That's not me. Like, like the <laughs> I Love Lucy rerun over and over. <laughs> yeah, my God, you know, who the hell wants to do? Who came up with that? Who came up with the bass? With those singer sits in the front, the bass players on one side, and the guitar players on the drummers. <laughs> who came up with that? I don't know. Uh, I think it's retarded. Minutemen yeah. should have had George Hurley right at the front of the stage. So, so what happened? Yeah. What came after Dengon? Oh man, uh, I think basically was uh, I was just doing solo stuff. I guess I want to say the the uh, me and King Felix were doing our stuff uh, was generally what was happening, and then uh, I then I got into a group called Scraping Teeth. I put a group together called Scraping Teeth. Yeah, but didn't you also get like a studio going? Oh, yeah, I've had the studio since uh, 1980. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, tell, yeah. tell me, how, how'd that Pickett, happen? I recorded all those bands. Yeah, uh, but... Blowfly. Sure, sure. All them, all them crazy. The Incredible people, Fuck. <laughs> I remember Blowfly. <laughs> no, but but uh, how did that get going? Uh, I, well, I bought, I rented a space uh, down the street from where I lived and uh, and started building a studio. And I had a four-track. And then and I had my original four track, I didn't have a studio. I had to go take it to Hialeah and I would I would go in the bat in the toilet to separate so it'd be isolated from the band. It was like a rehearsal area. So to be isolated, I would sit in the toilet with the eight with the four track. I called it Bacteria Studios, you know, <laughs> as they play off of Criteria Studios back then. Right. So right. but you know, and, and we'd get good recordings for a track and I really learned how to book dump and do all that. It was one thirty three forty S, which I still have, I'm looking at it right now. Whoa. And uh then as soon as I opened up that studio, not too soon later, I went we got it I got an A track. Now I'm in the game and I can do rock and roll, so I'm doing A track. What kind of machine? What kind of was it an Atari? No, the A track was a TAC. Okay. Because yeah. Double Nickels on the Dime was done on a half inch, uh, no, a quarter inch A track Atari. Yeah. I got a 16 inch Atari. Okay. I got the MX70. Those those are fat. 
the yeah, bottom, the bottom end of those are fat. Yeah, in perfect shape. I want to get a, I want to get a, I want to get a ninety. I want to get a twenty-four of this. You know, so I got all my, I have all the formats. Sure. <laughs> now, when you Why got not? that, when you got that TAC, yeah, you were in the game, right? You could do all yeah, the dubs no, without having. Have yeah, track. That's it. The only thing you got to worry about is when uh, when the lead part comes, don't kill the vocal part. You know? <laughs> <laughs> on the punch, you right. can always hear the punch on the lead. <laughs> right now, now what about the room? Is there place you can put it? What about the acoustics? Uh, the acoustics was a, it was a room. It was a it was a multi room uh, room. We put the actually we, we we were stupid. We put up like Shagra. We should have we would all burned alive in there. But I took all that down. It was pretty dumb. Yeah, and it also makes it sound. It. it makes it end up sounding like a practice pad, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a practice pad and a studio. It was both. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's how we paid the rent you know, and everyone recording. No, because you know acoustics. It's kind of important, like not maybe yeah. rugs on the bulkhead and shit, but some kind of treatment. Yeah, well, I, I like I like up close, a tight. Uh, recording anyway. I, I want you know. I like it when it's real tight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want. I don't, I don't want too much room contamination. Uh, it's like putting a, a musty digital reverb on a recording. It's like <laughs> contaminates the whole fucking thing. You know, it's like, what the hell did they do that for? Uh, rat, so musty. Rat, you want to know the most dated fucking uh, delay sound? Is that eighty snare drum gated fucking cannon? Tow tow. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's, uh, you know, I, I just like up, the, the, the source is what's making the sound, the fingers and the hands and the, and the, and the skins on the drums. And, the, you know, it's, it's, that's what generates the sound first. This, the, this, the music is supposed to tell you what to fucking do. You don't tell it. Yeah. Today's kids are all trying to control this and trying to say, they all sound the same. It's like, oh, it's a waste of fucking time, man. It's like, it sounds like it sounds like it's forced because when it's forced, it always shows. Yeah. So. They don't understand that the music's supposed to tell you. The vocal's supposed to tell you if it needs any air or reverb or anything. You don't tell it. You never tell the music anything. It tells you. So I, I, I think that's great. That's great thinking, though, Rat. And that that's what it's. That's what it's about. Yeah, the music is is supposed to tell us what the hell's supposed to be happening. You know. Hey, you know what? This needs a part. You don't just throw a part in a song because you feel like playing a guitar lead or something. No, might not need it. That's why a lot of stuff to me sounds a cut and paste. Oh, I hate that, but yeah. you know what? Let them, let them, you know, let them go and uh, let them go that way. <laughs> okay. I, I, well, I, I record good shit, man. I don't, I don't want to create no shitty songs. You know, you work on the goddamn song first. Once the song is done, you know, when I record a, 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 an artist, I make them sit on the, my fucking couch and sing the whole album a cappella. Yeah, I mean, look, we're gonna They're get like, into what? it. I said the whole album, no music, a cappella. <laughs> If you don't look stupid and anywhere singing that thing I can pull it, then the album is done. Then we can start recording. <laughs> as long as we don't step on that goddamn vocal. Yeah, I got to stop here because we're at the end of the first hour, December 23, 2020 edition. Rock. Pedro Show special guest, Rat Bastard. Hold tight for hour two. December 23, 2020. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. I'm gonna see you on the other side.
losing all our jobs overseas. The boss is retired with what they call a gold parachute. And I didn't Say that's how it goes. Say it can't be helped. See invisible hand in the marketplace where Ain't that grand? I bumped a felon, decided to shut down and move production to another country. Well, I sure can't see anyone can plainly see his hand. Yeah, with those diamond ring fingers. And I Buy on whatever crust of bread's to be found. The good people here deserve, you know, a whole lot better than what they got. Well, anyway, most of the folks I knew here are now in the ground. Down in the ground. Down in the ground. Lord have mercy for We have old ice cream and new ice cream. I didn't think there was any old ice cream, but there is. So go take a look. The one in front is the old ice cream, and the one behind it is the new one, and they're exactly the same, and the old one isn't that old. So use the old one, which has already been opened, and will be perfect on the blueberry crisp, which you call a cobbler. Someday I'll make you a cobbler, and you'll probably call it a crisp.
and shine. You say just what they want to hear.
Churchill's. I used to pull the newspaper to, and look and read the lyrics, the, the news. But That's, I said I didn't have to do that. That was your lyric source. Words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were that talking was, that about was, that. Was that was a waste of time? I should have just, just did what I finally decided to do, just to just to mouth the mouth the, 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 the notes. That's it. We're discussing you know? the, the libretto behind July 12, twenty twenty, the Corvidians. Then we had Sam Bennett out of Tokyo with Forsaken. David Greenberger and Tyson Rogers with Dessert. Uh, Artema Salinas from Bomas Prandon. Kim Cooper Complex, Heads of the Other Room. No, Heads in the Other Room. Uh, Orthonics with Accessible as Gravity. And finally, Rat Bastard Live, Solo Guitar, November 8, 2012. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, solo guitar. So there you go, man alone. Yep, just solo on stage. <laughs> that happened. Well, there's a story once but I did that. I mean, I don't give a shit. If there's no one in the club. I'll play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One night at Churchill's, I was on stage. No one was in the club except for the bartender, the manager bartender was cleaning glasses and stuff. I'll blast some guitar on the stage. I don't give a shit. This club is open, but nobody was there. I'm just playing. I don't care. All of a sudden, this couple walks in with like a suit and tie and gown. They walk in. They go to the end of the bar where the where the manager was, and they're talking with him. I'm playing. I don't give a shit. So I'm playing. All of a sudden, the guy with the suit and tie goes behind the mixer board and starts putting reverbs and echoes I and mean, like effects on my guitar playing. I'm like, what the hell? All right, I'm just rolling with it. Okay. Maybe it's a sound dude or something. I don't know. So I go out there, I get done, I'm like 10 minutes, you know, I get done, I'm walking down to the bar, you know, you've been at Churchill's, it's a long bar, I go down yeah, to the yeah, end of the yeah. bar, and they're all sitting there, and the manager, who's British, is like, well, let me introduce you to, and as I'm walking close to these people, I'm looking at the guy, and I'm thinking, and as soon as I go, this is Paul McGinnis, dude, oh. he was Paul McGinnis, <laughs> and his wife, I guess, and he was, he was like, and I go, oh, yeah. I go, uh, so what do you think? You think I can open up for you, too? He goes, well, of course for me, yeah, but the, the industry would never allow it. <laughs> Look, you... Oh, my goodness. That's why I tell people, even if there's nobody in the fucking club, you never know. Just play your fucking music. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we got to tell the listeners. You don't know. This, this, this cat he's talking bar. about is was manage, or is the manager of you, too. Okay. Oh my God! So talk about so command like, performance. Rat, Rat had a command. Look, you <laughs> gave me some scraping teeth here. Okay, so this is that yeah. band you were talking about, and uh, I want to play Machine God Noise. Yeah. Yeah. 
Missing records, a single nowhere to be found. Missing records, then I remember you'd be mine. Missing records. Missing records. Missing records. Is that why you went away? Missing records. Just bring the fight to me, missing records. Missing records. Missing records. You mean more to me than that, missing records. I'll say no more, just bring them back, missing records. Is that why you went away, missing records? Just Bring the fight to me, missing records 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 Missing records
Wap for Pedro Show. Yeah, that was Machine God Noise starting off that chunk of music from Scraping Teeth. And then we had Cosmo Scheiss after that with Mutation, Quiet Pig from Italy with Lopez, Plutonium Farmers, Free Range Polar Bear, Neutrals with Missing Records, Rhythm Plague, that's got a uh, Wayne Pete, uh, Nels Klein's organ friend. Also recorded that fucking Love Supreme uh, thing Henry Kaiser got me part of. Uh, uh, meditations also. And then finally, Nashville, April 3rd, 2010. The Laundry Room Squelchers. What is the Laundry Room Squelchers, Rat? Well, Laundry Squelchers was an idea I got uh, uh, back in the, in the, in the nine, late 93. Uh, I was working with a group called uh, Tillman Shave in LA with Tom Smith. It was just us two, basically, and the oscillator Ben uh, uh, Walcott. And uh, we uh, we were just in the studio, we were recording, and we we're start. Me and Tom were starting to do live stuff, you know. Well, I wanted to play guitar. I was playing bass in that. I wanted to play guitar, so I came up with this idea. I actually believe that, and you know, women have more intensity on stage than men. They they, they can take a lot of pain. So I'm like, you know what? I pull. I brought four guitars to to Churchills and four amps. I would set them up. And I would hand these guitars to these girls who were just hanging out at the bar. You know, they were like they were like secretaries. I go, come on, man, rock out, man, get on stage. And I had them all tuned different tunings, you know, so it, it kind of makes sense. But they were all out of they were not standard tunings. So they, they didn't know how to play to begin with. But it, it, you know, whatever they did would have worked, you know. So we started playing every week, and so the owner started started the book that says the laundry room squelchers. I guess it's like women in the in the laundromat yelling at each other. <laughs> it's British. It's a British term. I yeah, guess. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. so it was the perfect name. So I said, yeah, okay, that's it. So we, were, we would play every Thursday for years from 1994 on as the laundromat squelchers. Then it got, then it was, you know, there's like a turnaround of girls and it was crazy and it was, it got more crazier and noisier and drunker and nuts and, and it became a, basically a noise band. But this band never did prac, right? Yeah. You show up for gig time and whatever happened, happened, right? Right, yeah. We never practiced, no. That would ruin the whole thing. And, and, yeah, or like tunes, like here's the tune, right? Oh, it, no, no. Improvise. Even Scraping yeah. Teeth tried to do tunes, but not me. Like the bass player, Dim Things, who was a great <laughs> drummer, and, and Fishmongers, they actually worked out lyrics and tunes. So they would put a lyric in front of me, on paper, and I would send him, send him randomly the words, so like whatever I wanted. It was no special spot. So we would all three of us would be singing, but the words would be all over the place, you know, like, you know, but same words, but they'd be wherever we wanted to sing them and when, whatever line we wanted to sing. Now, was that your idea of cooperation or was that contrary? That was, uh, that was, I was cooperating. I was yeah. singing those, those words, but I was musically not cooperating. I was completely, my guitar was like left. Everybody was uh, left. But they were kind of trying to glue it all together. So I was like, I was, I had a good, I was just following them. So it was like all listening. And we were trying to sing songs. I was trying to sing melodies. So I, I was singing these really like pretty melodies, which made no sense of what we were playing. So it was so <laughs> unlistenable that, that it, it, it was like, you couldn't listen to it. Now, you, you think, know, you know, because uh, during this period, you're also recording a lot of people. Was your live, yes. was your, you being in bands and stuff kind of a release from having to, like, put up with other people's music? 
No, I didn't put up with it. I just ripped their <laughs> ass in the studio. I'm not. I'm the opposite of like to say Steve Albini, where he let the band do what the hell they want. No, I would say that sucks. Yeah. In fact, when I when okay, this is where I came from when I, in, in that studio back in 1980 in 81. I would have that eight track sitting there. I would get these bands. Okay, a guy, a, some a, a group would the, a, some a musician would work all day. They'd go home. They'd take a shower. They'd go eat eat their dinner okay they get their gear they load the gear in the car they drive the car to the studio they load the gear into the studio they get into the studio set the gear bam they need to record right there the minute they start going on the phone with their girlfriends or this or that you lose that momentum yep. so you don't get that bam you want that momentum of each of those players running to the studio and hooking their shit up when they're right. supposed to and that makes a difference and I, I used to win on that. And if a band was would would dilly dally around if that tape ain't rolling in fifteen minutes when they walk in that door, session's over. I would can session. Whoa. They're like, What? I said, Session's over. You guys are just jerking around here. He's over there. Who the, somebody went to seven eleven? No. I want this tape going for fifteen minutes. That was my rule. And they didn't play after that. They they came in and set up and was ready to go, tuned up and let's go. And uh, and you hear the difference, you can hear it. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I I, it's I totally a big believe difference. in that. I totally believe in that. You know. You know. Yeah. Get now. No. What, did you ever have a situation when you had to work with a producer? Did I have to work with a producer? I worked along with producers that they asked me to come in and, and, and some day were like Fleming was doing. Now, how'd you stuff. find that? They would say, hey, bring some gear, bring some stuff. But I never worked. Uh, I had to work with producers, artists I've worked with, and then they had a they had a label bringing a producer, and it was insane. It was yeah, like, it was yeah. Terrible. That's what I'm. I, I, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, it was a fucking yeah. horrible situation, right? Oh, I mean, it's not hard. It, it, if the producer is good, like Fleming's great. If you got Fleming, yeah, you're great. If you got a certain producer, really. But if you got these other guys, it's terrible. I, I got to tell you, people, that's Don yeah. Fleming. He's talking about. Yeah, Don, he's a great producer. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a there's an old joke, right? How many producers does it take to screw in a light bulb? Oh, good. I, I don't know. know. What do you think? I don't. I, I know <laughs> not even one of them can produce children, probably. You know, but uh... <laughs> look, right, we're at the end of the fucking second hour of the December twenty three, twenty twenty from Pedro Show special guest, Rag Bastard. Hold tight for hour three. December 23, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
and bounces in the city of words, the ones that you were, the ones that you wrote down on a rain shake. Are you still
see what you can do with them. And there you go, Spanish hammer. So you supplied them with like the you can the hear gristle. Me on your clears a bell. Okay. You know? Okay. You can okay. hear when I come in. It's just like it's like way way. Uh, different than people rats talking know. about this this tune here uh spanish hammer from robert yeah. pollard then we had another umbrella yeah. with the big spin number two and then december 4th 207 at churchill's this is important to me because this is rat with brother steve mckay that's right T tell steve me McKay. tell me tell me about what happened you know he always well, spoke you, so you know, great you were almost you. in that <laughs> we were sitting here in my place yeah, and we called you. You were in the you were in the hotel room. You're like, ah, man, it's too late, man. I'm nah, I'm not going anywhere, man. It's too late. We said, all right. So we went and had we would crash Churchill's. I was all we bourboned up. Yeah, and you were already yeah, tucked in. You're Jesus done. Christ. And so, uh, so we go okay. So we me and got up and we went drove over to Churchill's and we crashed the stage. We just went on there, started setting up. And we just started to play, and that's that's where that came from. Well, you know, he spoke always highly of you. Yeah, he's uh, he's been in some squelcher shows up in, in the West Coast a few, uh, a few times, you know, in and the uh, San Francisco area. And what was your, what was your first connect with him? Was it the Radon people? It was uh, actually it was uh, no, it, I think it was uh, I want to say Ed Wilcox. I ah, say Ed okay, Wilcox. yeah, the drummer man. He was on the yeah. show last month. Great guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because he had some projects that he was part of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like the blue prostitutes and stuff like this. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. And they record up uh, in New York City, someplace called Caesar's Palace. Right, yeah. Right, right. I remember, okay. I kind of remember all that stuff. That's how I kind of got to know him. Okay, okay, okay. Because, uh, and I think this night you're talking about, earlier the Stooges had played at Art Basil on the beach? No, no, that was the next night. Okay, the next night. It, it was the night before. That's right, we got in early to practice yeah. one. Yeah, okay. Right. Now I remember. Now I remember. It was the night before and that was a great show too. And Ig had a pad in Little Haiti. Oh yeah. I stayed at 3. I think he's still over there. Yeah, I don't know. It was North by, of it. It's by the, it's called Little River? Yeah, it's actually, yeah, it's called, yeah, there's another name for that area. but it's Little Haiti? It's, 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 Little it's Haiti. North of Little River, which is the river, but I think it's uh, El Portal is what it's called. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's he, a small even, little he even rented a, a He even rented a kayak for me. So I yeah. Could, I could paddle in that in that canal. Uh, there you go. But, uh, so, you, so you guys just crashed and, and just was improvising and playing, right? Yeah, we just went on stage. Yeah. You know, he's like, a, I mean, I've I, been in Churchill's 40 years, so I can actually just walk in there and play whenever I want. <laughs> That's what are you going to say? Right, know? right. <laughs> look, look, you were talking about to live and shave, shave in L.A. You gave right. me some. You gave me this uh, Mother's Over Silver Point. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Silver point. 
no words. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. you know to live to live and die in L.A. was a movie. There's right. A, the, whole, the whole yeah. beginning part is shot at this bridge next to Pedro, the Vincent Thomas Bridge. The right. Guys, bungee cord and shit. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, mother's over Silver Point. And, and you heard from Rat himself that he's not in charge of the words. Okay. No. Mike Cooper after that was Street Beneath the Beach. And finally, the fringe benefits from the Walter Sears. Now, does this oh, have yeah. something to do with Mr. Walter Sears, who well, ran Sears he, Sound up in Manhattan? Yeah, it does. I think he, I think he uh, passed away. And yeah, he did. You guys got together. He did. Uh, you know, it was uh, 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 Fleming and uh, Thurston, Steve Shelley, Sean Lennon. Uh, they all jumped in on this recording, Tom Smith, and they yeah, I think... like parts of us, and they just kind of put this thing together, and it was put in a movie somewhere where they, wow. I don't know, remember. Well, Walter, was... Walter Sears, Sears Sound, his studio was 100% vacuum tubes. Yes. And I think Sonic Youth's sister was recorded there. And I got to record yeah. with Ron Ashton there and Steve Shelley called The Wild Rats with Don Fleming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So they're all good friends of him, and, you know, and... Uh, I think he did a lot of like porno uh, soundtracks too, which he had a bunch of supposedly a bunch of like uh, posters of them upstairs in his attic and stuff like that. That's what I heard. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. It's all right. Yeah, that was not revealed to me, Rat. Well, you didn't go in the, you didn't go in the attic. Yeah, I didn't go in the attic. See all the posters of all the pornos. Fucking fucking Watt was afraid of the attic. Okay. I mean, it was back then. It was probably much different than we, we see today. You know, oh, sure, yeah, sure. I can imagine it. But he was a great... <laughs> He was a great cat. He was an older gentleman, and he yeah. knew a lot from the older days, but he had no attitude, and he was totally like, yeah, yeah he was totally uh, inspiring and an inspirer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved the guy, man. Walter Sears. Yeah. Wow, so when dude. I saw that title, and, and this is the big tune, the big way. Look, look, where can people find you on the internet, Rat? Me? Yeah. Uh, the uh, 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 com. Spell that. Uh, S-Q-U-E-L-C-H-E-R-S dot com. Yeah, okay, people. So all the word you want to find out from Rat and what he's doing. And what are you recording right now? What's that? Are you recording? What are you uh, are I'm you recording. Composing? I'm recording uh, like some local artists and stuff. I actually have a, a cutter. I can cut records here. I have a, I have a, a, lathe. a, a lathe cutter, yeah. But, uh, you know, a mono, an old Japanese horror. Okay. And uh, I could cut like it sounds good. It sounds good. And I cut like you know mono records, you know, like the Rolling Stones. I can cut them here. I can do twelves, tens, and and and, and seven inches. And what's the Miami scene uh, as far as uh, uh, young people with bands? Is there wild sounds? Well, there was, yeah, there was some good stuff, you know, and then uh, then all that COVID. Shit oh yeah, hit, of, course, you know? of course. And then that kind of, that's gonna that's gonna re that's gonna be resetting to completely something different. Every time uh, there's an uh, an event like this, musically historically. It's, it's, a lot of people like just leave music, or you won't see them again, or and you got to start from scratch. Everyone thinks it's going to kick right back in. It will. Some of us will kick it back in, but it's going to be all new artists. We're going to get. We just, I'm going to be looking and listening and and recruiting all these new kids. Let's That's go. Let's go. Got to get this going. Got to get this going. And, and what? And what about rap music? Me, I'm going to. I keep going. I mean, that's the core of idiots. Okay. That was. That was the. <laughs> When that when this thing kicked in, I said we're not going to play live, so I'm going to do online stuff. So sure, I sure. said, okay, the Corp idiots, you know. And, and so squelchers are uh, the laundry room squelchers. They're on hold right now, right? Yeah. Well, not necessarily. We can uh, squelchers also, you know, is good for online stuff as well. Ah, okay, great, yeah, great. Yeah. So, so you're it's it's, it's just like a, it's just a, an ongoing, you know, 
thing, you know. The squelcher just we're the ones that spearheaded the uh, uh, the international noise conference. That's that's the squelcher. That's that's who we, we're the we're the hosts. Wow. You know, when we tour around, we're we're, yeah. we're the band that's playing every night in 30 cities, but everybody else is in, from the city, you know. Right, and you're the you're the roving unit. Yes, okay. right. And, and, you know, people want to go. Well, can we go? Can we travel a few cities? And go hell no! I don't want to hear you more than <laughs> one night, man. Go. You don't. I hate. I hate opening acts or touring. No, that's terrible. <laughs> you got to hear that band. What, right. What is the purpose? That's terrible. It, it was like that bass player wanted to play the same song every night. Oh my! Yeah, it's like oh yeah. It, just give somebody local a chance. You know, you're on tour. I mean, I don't care. Forget about the the music industry, and then and then and then they want to do sound checks. I said, okay, sound checks are from music business failures. I'm sorry, that's what it is. You know, you don't want to you don't want to go somewhere at four or five o'clock to do a sound check. That's ridiculous, man. They'll burn the whole band out. I said, get that when the show starts at nine, we'll be there at eight thirty with our gear on the side of the stage, and we'll jump up when we're ready. And then you're not burnt out. You know, the band goes up there and it's fresh. They didn't, didn't get their forms again, sitting around calling their girlfriends or boyfriends. <laughs> you know, that kills the band. I mean, that is the worst thing to do to any band on tour. Yeah, because the focus just goes to shit, right? It just goes to shit. As I said, and, and the people who demand sound checks, like I said, most of those bands that want sound checks, like I said, they're music business values. Look at them all. You know, I mean, you know, you guys, when you play, you guys don't do sounds. You go up there, your stuff is ready, and you go, you start playing. You don't need to do a sound check. You've been, you know what's going to happen, you know? It's like the same guys who say rehearse instead of practice. Yeah, they, they think that they're, they're rock stars. They don't do sound checks. They just walk in and play. They don't, they, that will kill them, you know? They can't play that good if they're that, there from four in the afternoon. It's insane. <laughs> Nobody uses logic, you know, music no more. I mean, come on, use your head. Yeah, well, we need more of that. Yeah, yeah. I would, the, I would, the first song, I would have this bass. It was playable, but it didn't matter because I, after the first song, I would take it and throw it across the club. <laughs> and then I have the real bass, you know. And we did that one time. We thought we were playing. So we wouldn't launder, you know, and we were playing, and we and we just started playing. And we just blew it out for, I don't know, 10 minutes 10 minutes set, whatever. We don't play long sets. 10, 11 minutes. I mean, we played enough notes for a 45-minute set, but we played it in 10. And and I took that bass and threw it across the bar, down the floor, and slid across the whole bar, and we were done. And this guy gets on the microphone and goes, and that was to live in Shaving LA, and that was the sound check. We'll be back here at 11 o'clock. I'm like, what the fuck? I looked at Tom and we're dying laughing. Like, sound check? What the fuck is this? I never thought that was the set. Rap, it's been big honor to have you aboard. Okay, people, December 23, 2020 edition, Wap Pedro shall keep your powder dry.